everybody and welcome back to Noisy Women the podcast. I am here today chatting with the delightful Grace Goslin who is a freelance journalist. She's also a DJ and she's the co-founder of Femme Collective which is a Brighton slash London based collective which talks all about loads of different badass talent in the music industry. I've actually just finished recording this with Grace and I can confirm that it's full of absolute nuggets of joy. I met Grace about a year and a half ago, coming up to two years ago now, and actually the story is similar to that of Rachel Chinuriri, if you've listened to that episode, because I actually met Rachel and Millie Turner, who have both featured on the podcast, whilst I was with Grace, because we were covering the Great Escape Festival, and that's where we met those girls. It was lovely to chat to Grace about all things journalism, how she lost her job because of COVID, but is now freelancing, and how much she misses DJing, as well as a bunch of other bits and pieces. I hope everyone else is okay, and I hope that the world situation is all right please make sure to give this a five star review on apple podcasts to also follow on spotify and share on your instagram story i always repost them if anyone listens and please share this to your friends if you think that they would also love the podcast because i would love for this podcast to get to as many people as humanly possible over to the podcast and have a lovely week everybody So welcome back to Noisy Women, the podcast. I'm here with Grace Goslin, who is a freelance journalist. She's also a DJ and is the co-founder of Femme Collective. Well, once a Brighton-based collective, but I think have now moved out of Brighton, if I'm correct. So yeah, we were kind of like splitting time between, I was always living in London and Danny, my creative partner in crime slash best friend, she recently moved in with me. So we're now living together as well. So it's we're back to London, London. There was a time when we were London via Brighton and now it's back in London town. <laughs> yeah, no, we were just talking about, so Grace and I know each other because in 2019 at The Great Escape, I was actually living with, I spent, well, that wasn't English. I was staying for the weekend at Danny's flat because Danny used to live with my friend India. So I was staying at Danny's and Danny was like, do you want to do some photos for Femme? And I was like, yeah, sick. Um, somehow blagged a photo pass when I got chatting to the woman at accreditation when she had, didn't have me down for one. But I was like, I promise. And she seemed nice and just gave me one, which was great. I had access to all these things all weekend, which I don't think I was meant to have. And then um, Grace and I just literally wandered around all weekend. You introduced me to Girl in Red, who I then became obsessed with. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Who else did we see? We saw Millie Turner, yes. who I then went on to interview on this podcast. She's so lovely. She's just the best. And then Rachel Chinuriri as well, who I also interviewed on the podcast. It was fun. We just had a really nice, really nice weekend. Wasn't it your birthday? Yeah, it was my birthday. We had a couple of drinks and then watched Girl in Red, who has since then like become this like massive artist. Like in the way I always thought that she would be kind of like you know like semi big but she's really like blown up in a really wild way yeah agreed quite fun to like see her in that kind of smaller live setting I guess I can't remember which day my birthday was on it was like I basically celebrated it that whole weekend which is really random because it was with a bunch of people like that I had like met a few times but didn't really know that well I was like let's just have a great time in Brighton and it was so fun and yeah we (laughs) remember after Millie's set that was on the day of my birthday and me and there's a photo of me you and Millie on the beach with like pints just like dancing around and it was just it was just a good time just a good time I feel like there's two sides to the great escape I feel like there's the one side that's like 
very chill beach times lapping up the sun having beers and then there's the carnage of running between venues yeah completely and uh, I feel like yeah you you get caught up in the carnage next thing you know you're on the beach and it's 4am shivering somebody take me (laughs) home I think no one ever prepared me for how far apart Brighton is and I've been to Brighton lots of times like I grew up in South London like I don't live far from Brighton but nothing ever taught me quite how far the venues are apart than that weekend because I don't think I'd ever been as tired than on that Monday morning Mm. when I woke up and like just couldn't move I just couldn't move (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like after any sort of like festival that runs over three days you need at least a week per day to recuperate yeah three weeks that's what you need fully agreed yeah I also people that live in Brighton seem to have this weird affinity with walking everywhere whereas I think if you like grew up or spent time in London or like other big cities you're like why are we not getting a cab why are we walking an hour and a half like what yeah I feel that but it's fun I miss it I'd do anything to get it back I was talking on the podcast with someone else about how Hopefully one day we can have a noisy women's stage at the Great Escape. That's like pinnacle level of like we've made it in the music industry. <laughs> we can hope. For sure. I feel like there's a lot of scope with Great Escape, especially with the alternative escape to like, I feel like they do champion kind of like independent creatives, like ha- having stages and having a platform. Like I feel like there's definitely a scope for that. It's just if you can find a venue that's not that's not booked up yeah (laughs) literally I think that's more of the case isn't it because you can never find one because they're all involved so talking about what you actually get up to how did you get into journalism slash DJing well I mean it's kind of a really mismatched route into the industry but I essentially like when I was younger around 15 16 I started writing for music blogs and kind of like writing probably not very good writing at 15 16 like I'm, I'm just pretty sure like <laughs> you know the music journalism was probably quite weak and then when it got to kind of like applying for unis and things I was like I want to do journalism so I went to Goldsmiths and I studied journalism and while I was there yeah Danny and I set up Femme which started as a radio show released over about three years released a few issues at this time I was also you know finishing my degree and I started working for Time Out London as an intern and kind of carried on those connections carried on freelancing for them and then when I graduated I started writing for a real life women's magazine so I was doing like headlines like this is a bit of a you know exaggeration but headlines like my turtle ate my son uh, and now I'm having triplets like and doing these really like wild stories and interviewing people I lost my job there around uh, Covid times Covid related job loss but now I still freelance for them so now yeah I'm freelancing in terms of writing and yeah I guess that's the whole writing side of things and then at the same time a friend of mine who runs Slow Dance Records which is a uh, South London based record label independent record label they're really amazing they release some really obscure and incredible artists and he said to me I'm creating this night at the RA and I was like bloody hell the RA okay (laughs) he was like can you DJ and I was like but I don't know how to DJ like yeah I've got I will bring the bangers I've been like DJing at the old blue last like on an iPad for the 80s night like that kind of thing and he was like no 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 just come around like 
I'll teach you in an hour he was like right there you go next thing you know I'm at the RA in front of like hundreds of people doing like some dodgy mixing don't get me wrong and then that was about a year and a half two years ago and it's kind of blossomed from there and now doing some very dystopian zoom DJ set and I quite frankly can't wait to get back like in the queer clubs playing chromatica and WAP and that's where I need to be but yeah it's kind of been quite lucky with the DJing thing like just it literally took a friend of mine to be like you can do this go I think it's probably a case um, of you had already had like a pretty varied and strong music taste so actually just like someone giving the skill set to be like look you can you could be like yeah of course I can because I already know all the music I've just got to figure out how to do the technical bit I guess yeah for sure and like a lot of the DJing that we do is under firm and yeah it's always a good time like I love doing it so much and it's quite nice to have the writing side of my like I guess career and my life and then like the DJ side like they work quite well together but yeah you should have told that to me six months ago when I was like doing weekday DJ sets and then coming into work at like 8am the next day like oh my god I don't know if I can do it all (laughs) yeah definitely got easier to manage over the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's just it's so strange it's like everything got easy to manage over the pandemic because everyone was suddenly like slow and steady but at the same time I think we'd all give it back to actually go and listen to a proper DJ set live yeah and I look forward to be able to see that one day hopefully hopefully soon hopefully absolutely friends of mine who run queer house party they started doing zoom DJ sets to basically to make sure that they were accessible for people over the pandemic and they've created this like incredible incredible thing that's really blown up and I simply can't wait to do a night like with them or something like in a big big sweaty gay club nobody's heard the songs that have been released for two years in a club setting everyone's losing their minds that's literally what I live for and I miss that the most and that I think the thing at the forefront of my mind when I'm like a bit like disillusioned or like down about the pandemic I'm like don't worry there'll be a time we will be slut dropping in the gay bars there will be get me that vaccine I want to lick a wall I want to lick a wall and touch some decks and yeah. (laughs) Sorted. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Career made. (laughs) Might be your quote. So obviously you spent your time working on a lot of different things. So doing like DJing, then working on firm, then doing like print and also doing journalism, like a bunch of different stuff. How did you manage to balance your time this question normally makes everyone laugh because everyone doesn't know but if you have any tips let us know um I think I mean when it comes to doing this last issue that we've been working on issue four like we've been working on it for a while and we haven't like forced ourselves to go 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 because I think you have to be really kind to yourself and you have to be like do you know what sometimes life gets in the way and it's okay to take time. I think like the past couple of months and whatever have definitely taught me that, but it's okay to take the time to be like, okay, I'm not working on that for a while. I'll come back to it. And I think that's the only way that you can like time manage. Obviously that's not always viable because we have things like deadlines, but yeah. And I mean, in terms of like managing deadlines, a personal tip would be just do it when you get it, (laughs) just do it. If you have the time, just do it. Because ultimately, when your deadline's in a week, you're not going to want to be doing it on a Friday evening. You're going to want to be having some drinks and chilling out. Um, So yeah, definitely that. I'm not going to claim to be someone who's amazing at time management. 
Google calendars, that helps. Yeah, try and wake up early if you can. Another one that I need to try and follow because Lord knows that I've not been waking up before midday. But yeah, I mean, everybody has their own way of working, I guess. I really enjoyed how when we were trying to find a time to record this and, and I said, I think I said like sometime before 12 and you said, um, you said 9 a.m. <laughs> and you said, um, you were like, I'm really sorry, but I'm not a morning person and I'm finding it hard to get up. What do we be able to do later? <laughs> and I was like, how's two? And you're like, perfect. And I was like, cool, okay. Yeah. Also, like, I, half of me was going to be like, oh yeah, uh, actually I'm doing something in the morning. No, I'm not. I'm completely free. I'm just sleeping. Honestly, I I had the same thing though this morning with someone else who literally I had to reschedule their podcast because I ended up having to do like a different call. And I said to her, like, I'm really sorry, like, I can't make it. Can we do, can we do like tomorrow morning? And she's like, to be honest, not actually a morning person. Could we do the afternoon? I was like, yeah, I way prefer you told me rather than me being like, can we yeah. do 9am like four days in a row? And you've been just not answering. Yeah. Honestly, if you, if this was happening now at 9am, I would not be looking like this. I would be like, <laughs> probably just like sweating with like coffee down me. Definitely best to, definitely best to catch me in the afternoon. Nice. Also, that's another that's another perk of like freelance life I guess is like for all its downfalls you kind of pick your own schedule ultimately so if you want to start working at 12 like I do then you can (laughs) yeah no I agree I try and wake up well I'm finding it hard at the moment because it's so dark outside I'm trying to wake up at like between half six and seven that's what I'm trying and then I try and get into the office by nine and then try and do like nine to five and then go home but and then I'm trying to take Wednesdays off. I quite like a Wednesday. Yeah. It hasn't really been working. That's going to be my plan, maybe. Wednesdays off, then work one day weekends. Because I quite like working a weekend sometimes. Absolutely. Make your own schedule. Make your own rules. If you, It's a, a real... Agreed. A real treat to be able to do that. And not a lot of people can. So yeah, if you find yourself in that freelance life, definitely make your own schedule. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any recommendations for women who you think are absolutely like smashing it or people you listen to other DJs basically anyone you think is absolutely killing it at the moment yeah I've got I've honestly um mesmerized by the amount of talent that's popping around firstly a dear friend of mine who is absolutely killing the music industry game um Ash Nico she's got her mixtape coming out on Friday she's a brilliant brilliant person and she's absolutely killing it and I'm constantly like you know, constantly mesmerised by everything that she brings out. In terms of other musicians, Rico Nasty, I love. There's, oh, another album that I know is coming out, Goat Girls' second album. That's a real treat. There's, yeah, there's loads of, loads of incredible, like, women and non-binary artists that are absolutely killing it. In terms of DJs, I love Kelly Lee Owens. I think she's amazing. But yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't really, this is confession hour, I don't really listen to that many de- like different DJs unless it's like on the radio. I think with like DJ DJs, it's either like techno, uh, D&B, house music, whereas I'm just doing the pop bangers. Yeah, that's fair though. Rather than listening to DJs, I'm listening to Kylie. But if I'm, if I'm in a club, like there's, I mean, I love Honey Dijon. She's an incredible DJ. Yeah, there's so many, like so many incredibly talented people that are kind of at the forefront of music and the music industry at the moment which is really nice and refreshing to see because quite frankly I'm sick of seeing a straight man wearing a plaid shirt at the forefront 
I think I think we all are. I think we all are. That's yeah. why platforms like Femme and this podcast exist because everyone's sick of it. Yeah, literally, put your guitar down, Capaldi. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any advice for anyone trying to get into DJing? Because I spoke to Lavier about like getting into journalism, but if I was trying to get into DJing, I'd have no idea where to start. So I know your journey was kind of through recommendation of a friend, but any tips? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like, spend all your time on Spotify and trying to figure out what kind of stuff you want to DJ. If, like, tips for, like, pop DJs, you actually want the bangers in there. You want crowd pleasers as well as, like, more obscure or, like, new tracks that you found. But I would say, like, yeah, have, like, maybe a list of 10 absolute certified bangers that you'll have in a set. Mix it up. But that's a surefire way to kind of like get a crowd really engaged and involved. And then I would also say, if you can, I'm sadly not at this point where I can afford to have this yet. But having your own decks is amazing. It means you can practice at home. But I know that you can also rent out studios for like, I think it's like 20 quid for two hours, which is also quite expensive. But yeah, practice where you can. If you know someone with decks, be like, can I try? I could have a little dabble. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's like a real constant journey. I'm still learning so much and it's like two years in. So I have a lot of admiration for those like really sick, sick DJs like Honey Dijon and Peggy Goo. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of give it a go. There's nothing stopping you from being a DJ. Like if you have good music taste and good rhythm and you can beat match easy. Solid. I'm quite musical, but I think I'd be a pretty shit DJ. I wouldn't know what, how to fade everything and like make it sound good. I could do, I think. You could definitely learn though, for sure. I think I could do well on radio because it's more gaps. <laughs> then there's more chatting. I don't know if I could, yeah. you know, I don't know if I could do DJing. It's, do you know what the most intense thing about it once you've like learned to do it and you get booked is the length of time that you're standing there doing it. And like, you'd be like, oh no, have I just played I Follow Rivers? And you'd be like two hours in and you're like, oh no, have I got enough songs? That's that's a constant struggle. But yeah, I mean, I would always encourage anyone, you know, to give it a go because, you know, like most of the music industry, again, it's an area where women are overlooked. But yeah, just give it a go. Sick. Find a mate who can DJ. Everybody's got a mate who can DJ. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I agree. I'm pretty sure. There's always someone, isn't there? Like, especially like living in a uni town, there's always like, I used to live in first year of uni. I lived with two guys who were both DJs. It was so annoying, but they yeah. both DJed. Yeah, for sure. Ask them, get their, get their help. Um, there you go. Sorted. Always ask for help. I'm constantly asking for help, like from my other friends at DJ. Like we- I love that. Love that. I love that. Have you had like a moment throughout all of these years of like doing multiple different things that you kind of had to pinch yourself and be like ah this is actually all happening in front of my eyes and I never thought it would yeah I think like definitely when Danny and I released our last issue of Femme which is kind of like quite a while ago now two years ago um it was really amazing like we sold out our launch party and all our friends were dancing it was a real like okay like this is something really important and something really worthwhile and we had so so much fun doing it I guess the pinch me moments have dwindled slightly (laughs) this past year but I think that I'm like 
being quite hard on myself at the moment like you should be doing more and then the other side of my brain is like no but you need to relax so I'm in that constant kind of you know in between doing more and relaxation but yeah I have moments all the time that I'm really grateful for like outside of you know like friendships as well like personal relationships like there there are loads of moments where I'm like oh this is like really 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 fun yeah Um, yeah I remember at the very beginning of COVID the weird time in like March and April when no one really knew what was going on and everyone was kind of sat around like not knowing what to do not knowing how long this was going to last thinking it was going to be two weeks it turned into four months like it was just a very strange period of time and something that I remember quite vividly but I remember like talking to so many people and just being like look this is like the biggest amount of given time off we're probably ever gonna have in our whole lives because probably as soon as this is over whenever that is yeah things will probably quite quickly go back to the normality and the speed that they were at. And hopefully people will be kinder and understand that like mental health and burnout are important because that became really apparent over the course of the last year. But in the same like way, I think actually taking this time to like recuperate, figure out what you want to do, evaluate has been really important for most creatives because it's given them a sense of why they're doing it again. Yeah. And I think in creative industries, the fact that makes it, I mean, if you're like a mathematician or a scientist, there are kind of these like clear paths for you to get to your career. You know, that's a real blanket statement, but you know, there are like clear, clear steps. Whereas in creative industries, there is such a like whirlwind way to get into anything. So taking the time and thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to make this fit around my life? I think, you know, it's really helped me like I'm going to go and do uh well I'm in the process of applying for a master's because I'm like I do want to work full time but the jobs simply don't exist and that's a hot take so I want to do my master's and continue freelancing and that's I feel like that's something that I probably wouldn't have thought about as much or like really thought about what I want to do in the future if it wasn't for you know the past year or whatever yeah I'm also debating a master's maybe it's the season for master's I'm also thinking about one too I feel like undergrads it's a really weird time to be doing an undergrad because I feel like you do need that kind of like personal but if you've already done a degree and you're doing your master's like I'm all right with kind of doing that from home yeah you know I'm I'm all right with logging on at uh, 11 for a lecture and then writing some essays from home fine with that whereas I feel like undergrads a whole experience isn't it yeah undergrads a whole experience and I think you need to have that like in person which I know they're not getting which is so it just sucks Mm. then you need that like in person like teaching networking like full like experience of like the weird stuff that happens at uni to feel like you've done it yeah and like when I look back on uni like the last like six months of my degree was ruined because of covid but it wasn't like the whole it wasn't a whole year it was six months and it just makes me feel really sad that like my boyfriend and loads of his friends and like loads of like people I know just aren't having that time oh so sad I, oh it, yeah do you know what university students have not come out well out of this at all no um what are you thinking about doing your master's in I thought so my housemate Charlotte is doing her master's in music entrepreneurship nice so it's like a remote course based in Brighton but remote because she lives in Falmouth obviously and it kind of focuses on like you don't have to be like a musician you could be like what I do like I'm a photographer or you could be like in a band you could be a manager and it kind of like helps refine what you want to do and like teaches you more about like different sectors of the industry and I personally feel like if I want to work more in the music industry 
my degree wasn't in anything to do with music I was in photography and I've picked up a lot of stuff on the way and I've learned a lot from other people but I would love to have a course that literally just reasserts like what the industry is and what the industry does from like the most basic standpoint so that I actually just understand because I've never studied it I have no I have no idea I just guess (laughs) yeah yeah no literally it is all a a guessing game I mean obviously like you say you pick up things along the way as you like gain more experience you meet people you talk with them that are like really solid solidly in the industry but like it is do you know what it's one of those things that's constantly changing and so abstract (laughs) it's like yeah it's hard to figure out what it's about so that sounds like a really you know cool cool course actually what would you do your master's in queer history sick i'm in the yeah i'm so i finished my personal statement like last week sent it off to my old tutor she was like sick this is great and then i was about to submit and i realized that you had to do a thousand word essay so i was like literally about to submit and then it was like don't forget uh that you need to write an essay so that's today's task later today kind of like doing the reading around that writing my essay if it's something you're already you're passionate about and enjoy it's just one of those things you've got to sit down and write I feel like you'll smash it out really easily yeah I was like a thousand words isn't much no is it really a thousand words will be fine I was like um <laughs> saying to my girlfriend I was like oh can't you just like tell the application board like how good of a girlfriend I am to let me on the queer history <laughs> sick absolutely the way I'm a raging lesbian let me in <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite part of doing what you do? What's like the fa- your favourite bit? I, like I mentioned, it's got to be DJing in a club. That's like the favourite thing ever. And then when it comes to doing stuff with Femme, like releasing content or like doing an interview is really like, you know, the one. Like it, f- it feels so good. Like we did our cover interview in November with someone really exciting who I can't say and that was like a real like oh my god we've got this person what the hell kind of moment so that was yeah it's yeah it's I I love it is I'm always, always grateful for it obviously the podcast is around like experiences in the music industry and potentially bad experiences in the music industry or misgender divides and everything I feel like it's a topic you're probably quite good to talk about because you're very like good with your views and like you talk you're very proactive with discussing things have you had any experiences that you just haven't felt were lawful and you've just felt really shit about and you want to discuss or like anything that like any ways that people can be more proactive and being inclusive that's a really yeah it's a really interesting question and it's kind of like why we started femme is we really wanted to kind of you know get rid of these gender-based inequalities in the music industry and make people aware of them sadly I think that you know we still have a very very long way to go music industry is ultimately a boys club with straight old white men at the top and with them in you know with them at the top there's always going to be these kind of like weird views and discrepancies so ultimately we need to overthrow them (laughs) that would do that would do well in terms of like you know in terms of my own personal experience I haven't massively experienced any kind of like hardships in relation to my gender and I think that's mainly because I'm not so much in the music industry in terms of like a musician or like working in it constantly but there I mean there's been definitely times when I've been DJing when like a guy's like come up to try and explain something to me and I'm like no 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 like I know what I'm doing in that on that kind of level those kind of things happen all the time sadly but yeah I mean 
I know so many people that have had way more, you know, way worse stories. There's like, I think probably a, a need for a Me Too movement in the music industry. And that this is something that Danny, who I run Femme with, has been saying for a long time. Yeah, there's a long way to go and there's a lot of things that are unsaid. And I think, you know, that's the case in any any industry. There are always these kind of like shady undertones and I think we just need to get to the point where it's easier to call out these people and yeah and be really vocal about calling them out but it's hard it's it's hard and if you're like a woman or non-binary artist like and you're trying to make your way to the top it's hard to call these people out because you know some people view it as like kind of like biting the hand that feeds you but ultimately it needs to be easy to call these people out and it not affect your career it's a hard one there's so many so many areas to it it starts from something as small as I, I mean I guess like a relevant kind of pop culture example could be like you know those photos paparazzi photos of like Lana Del Rey and Billie Eilish with headlines like kind of discussing their weight like that would not happen if that was a male musician or like a male celebrity and I think that women and, and non-binary artists are constantly under more scrutiny and it's it's totally unfair and yeah. it needs to change but there's no clear-cut way no I think that I completely completely agree with everything you said and I also completely get the whole celebrity headline slogan thing because I think women are targeted so much more than men with that like you don't see you don't see dudes having the same kind of like headlines and shit written about them in the press than you do for people like yeah Billie Eilish and other massive stars who happen to be female or non-binary like it's it's not fair and I don't get it like I don't it's just not fair it's sadly like it's been the way for I mean celebrity culture in general is always obsessed with like uh you know ruining women's reputations like paparazzi in general I don't know it's 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 a weird it's a weird and kind of like convoluted industry but yeah, I think, yeah, ultimately it needs to be easier to call out the bullshit because at the moment it's not, it's not. Mm -hmm. And especially also if you've got, if you like want to call out something in a label, say, you have to, I don't know, you could easily, these people have a lot of money. You could get sued for defamation. Like there's, it's, it's a really hard one to try and manage. And yeah, we need to do all we can kind of within our power to make it easier. And I feel like that will happen. Agreed. Like there's more aware I feel like there's more awareness although the problem's still there there's more awareness in like 2021 I think yeah and hopefully going forward when we do get back to live gigs and live events and when we see festival lineups and we see things like that hopefully all the work that's been done over the last like year and two years will like really be asserted strongly that th this is yeah. an important issue we can hope yeah hopefully for sure also like in terms of like gender lineup inequality it's not hard <laughs> like I oh, feel don't like even get me started major festivals kind of like make it to be this really hard and unattainable thing it's not it's completely reasonable like it's easy to do there are not there there's this classic argument that there are less uh women or non-binary people in music there's not like th <laughs> there's not ultimately so yeah it's just like a an industry way of being like not having to you know it's an excuse almost and it's like it's simply not good enough you know yeah I fully agree and I think yeah there's always this 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 kind of feeling that 
it's because there's not there's not enough to choose from so whoever they choose won't be as good enough to the male counterpart and it's like no they're alone there are there are so many there are so many people to choose from so many yeah you may well have seen i don't know if you did but black honey izzy from black honey did a a, a festival lineup called dream fest and it was like all non-binary um and queer and female artists and it was really sick so if you haven't seen that mm. you might have done is that did that actually did that actually happen was it on i wish no it was just like put up on it was just put up on instagram as like a look we did we made this thing and this can happen yeah. kind of post and it'd be great if it happened the lineup was fantastic mm. i would go you would go <laughs> yeah. everyone would go it'd yeah. be so good yeah. but yeah we will see oh i do always ask everyone the same three questions so when we can get back to gigs you're, you're DJing yeah do you get a rider do you get a rider when you're DJing um usually it's like oh you can have like seven double duties <laughs> so I was gonna say yeah. what's your drink of what's your drink of choice if I'm okay now this is this is gonna be a real layered question but I'll try and get through it quickly if I'm doing if I'm doing the 80s night which I sometimes do at the moth club it's a double rum and coke for me and a Jaeger bomb because I need to be hammered to watch the mums dance to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> if I'm doing like a launch party or like a set that I've been booked for where I'm doing like my own music rather than like 80s, 90s. A bottle of Prosecco. Nice. A bottle of Prosecco and gin and tonic with a couple of Jaeger bombs littered in. That's what I'm going for. Sick. Ultimately, yeah. Good combo. Yeah. What has been an album that you've been listening to at the moment that you've loved and just are really enjoying? Mm, can I have a look at my Spotify? Yeah, of course you can. I've got loads. In terms of, oh, okay, I've got, I think I've probably got like three albums. Three is fantastic. Yeah, Rico Nasty, Nightmare Vacation, that's one of them. In terms of singles and EPs, Tiara Wax released like two incredible singles. One of them's called Dora and one of them's called Onions and Peppers I believe I've been listening to Ariana Grande's album on repeat what else have I been listening to Nilifa Yanya's new EP I've been listening to loads of her oh and an album that I've had on repeat actually Sudan Archives okay it's self-titled it's tw- it's 2017 album called Sudan Archives and she's like this incredible artist and she like sings over playing the violin and it's amazing yeah fantastic final final question what has been your top lockdown hobby what is the thing that has just kept you going through the last year uh masturbating <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you sex. that's been probably <laughs> can i say that is that allowed yes yeah, okay fine. okay cool yeah getting laid's been a pretty good hobby um <laughs> That wasn't what I was expecting, but it really uh, should have been from you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, in all honesty, like, I, I feel like I had a brief jewellery making stint. Uh, nice. Made Just sandwiched in the middle of those two. <laughs> yeah, it was like I was either having sex or making jewellery. Um, nice. <laughs> I made uh, my girlfriend a pair of earrings and they fell apart within minutes. So I gave that up. Oh. I've been reading a lot. I'm not really a kind of... I don't really have... I feel like my like the things that I do in terms of like career and life are my hobbies like DJing's a hobby that's turned into something more I don't have any clear-cut hobbies maybe I should work on that as a kid I was like in the girl guide no I'm the same yeah yeah 
no I'm the same I think it's I think it's quite similar with creative people because a lot of the things that are deemed as hobbies are the things that like somehow woven into my career anyway yeah. so a lot of people do photography as a hobby but then I make money from that and then a lot of people would do podcasts as a hobby but that's now somehow part of yeah like what I do anyway so it's like weirdly, a lot of it has kind of become woven into this into this thing so I I, I completely understand that as a reason because I feel the same also I think actually this is this is a better answer my favorite thing that I've done during lockdown I had a radio show from April through to November and I absolutely on alphabet radio which is Soho Radio's culture channel and I absolutely love doing that every month and it was like a queer like all of the presenters on there are queer discussing like topics like community care and LGBT had some really amazing guests so really enjoyed doing that I think that was probably like a yearly highlight yeah no I I really want to get into radio that's the thing for this year it will happen that's you're halfway there I know you're halfway there halfway you can you can chat well and you're an interesting person thank you (laughs) you have a you have a good voice and you've got your own podcast like you're halfway there that's radio baby (laughs) you just gotta chat loads of shit yeah Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been a lovely time chatting and I feel like we've caught up on everything that's happened in the last like two years since I last saw you. It's been really nice. I will leave your links below and I'll also link Femme Collective below too. So if anyone wants to go have a little look, then feel free. Um, Do you have any parting words, Grace? I just want to say thank you for having me on here. It's been a a real treat. Really, Yeah, really nice and lovely to chat to you as well. On this 2 p.m., on a Tuesday because because couldn't do it earlier because you'd have to you would have been asleep (laughs) it's it's, it's 2 p.m for me (laughs) I really hope you enjoyed that episode you can find me over on Instagram at Emily Marcofecchio I'm not going to try and spell it I'm just going to leave it in the show notes that's probably my most asked question is how do you say my surname? If you're looking for the rest of the season, they're either viewable where you're listening to this, or if you go onto my website, which is www.emilyanna.net forward slash noisywomens1 or noisywomens2, you'll find season one and two listed there. On those sites has the links to all of the guests I've had on so far, a bit of a blurb about what the podcast is about and all other good stuff. I hope you come back for the next episode and it was lovely to have you here.